Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. And welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker back with you here after a little bit of time off, but we've got so much to talk about. Alex, good to be back with you. How you doing? Awesome. Doing good, man. Really good to be back. Everything's good out here. Yeah, and clearly, you know, it's been, as you said, quite a bit of action since since we last spoke. Of course, you know, Golden State back on top with their championship. We've had the NBA draft. And now, of course, uh, June 30th and July 1st, free agency, like always, in, in full swing with crazy rumors and deals flying all over the place. So we got a lot to we got a lot to touch on. Uh, <laughs> where do, yeah, where do you want to start? Because as you said, there's there's so much to go into um, as it pertains to a lot of teams, but of course the Clippers as well with some of the moves that they've made. But yeah, where should we start? No, I think I mean we haven't talked in so long. Just it's been crazy. You know what I mean? Um, but for the most part, you got to give the flowers to the to the champions, the go to state Warriors for sure, and just respect them and just say you know hats off to them. Those guys didn't even they were on nobody's radar of winning the championship this year. Honestly, you know what I mean. And they pulled it through and put some pieces together that they it was kind of like a lost and found situation from Clay Thompson and you know Pole always you know lights out and I love his game the way he plays as well and how he stepped up into a caliber of being an elite force on a one-on-one threat. So these guys have been playing amazing ball. So hats off to them. We could start right there and get it going, man. Yeah, 100%. You know, Warriors and Clippers, you know, I think, you know, this next year their rivalry might be reignited. But, it, it you know, it's been, been dormant for a couple of years for, you know, the Clippers being better, the Warriors being hurt, you know, whatever it may may have been where, you know, obviously the characters have changed too from the, the Blake and CP era when those teams really didn't like each other. But you think about just the, the longevity of this Warriors team and, and going through what they went through the past couple of years where, you know, with the in- initial injury to Clay Thompson and Steph, worst team in the league two years ago. Last year, you know, they start to climb back. They just missed the playoffs by losing a couple play-in games and then, as you said, they get healthy, they get people back, some young guys step up, and then, you know, of course, no, not burying the lead, you know, Steph Curry with, uh, not that he needed it, but just kind of an exclamation point on just how great he is. And, and like you were mentioning, you know, some people might have predicted this team to be better and be a contender, but I don't know how many people really thought that they were going to win the championship, especially as the year went on. And you look at what Curry did in particular, where, you know, there's certainly other talented players in that roster. They have the core with Clay and Draymond. You know, Andrew Wiggins stepped up. But as you said, this was some guys pieced in there, some younger guys, uh, and, you know, probably their least talented team in terms of their championship winning teams. And they still able to get it done. And Curry, obviously, kind of capping that off with, 
with a finals MVP. So it, you know, not like you said, not that he needed it, but just solidifying even further his greatness and his ability to be a number one guy and carry a team to a title. No question, for sure. No question. Man, we can have a whole other podcast and talk about these guys, you know what I mean, what they did this year, which is tremendous, um, all the way down to the coaching staff as far as what Curry's done. Just keeping them guys afloat, you know, and having arguably one of the best players to ever shoot the basketball, I should say is the best player to ever <laughs> shoot the basketball for sure, um, uh, on your team and, and having this guy be a true leader, it, it speaks volumes, you know, and he's been doing a lot of things to to carry it on. Um, even so for last year, I think last year, even though he didn't have the caliber team that he had, um, he found another notch of what he can do as far as just taking over games, I felt. You know, and he was in the list of being an MVP candidate, which I thought he should have been um, a few years ago when they were, you know, um, had a bird's eye view of reaching a championship. But this year, that, that carried over to this year. And um, I think it's it's been phenomenal just watching these guys play. And I always said to me personally, like, it's only a certain amount of guys I would actually pay my own money to watch. <laughs> Golden State Warriors is a whole team I would pay money to watch play, for sure. As well as our Clippers. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Yeah, and there's something about Golden State where they play, you know, obviously because it's predicated around Steph and what he does in terms of the attention that he attracts and the gravity that, that kind of goes around him as a shooter where it affects defenses so tremendously, but... They play, because of that, such a unique style that not a lot of other NBA teams play. You know, other teams obviously shoot the three, but when you think of the Warriors and the cutting and the off-ball movement and the constant movement of the offense, that's not necessarily something you see in most other NBA teams. You're going to see a lot of pick and roll, drive and kick, and there is an element to that in the Warriors, but there's also so much going on on the the backside of, you know, cutting and moving uh, and setting back screens Mm -hmm. and, and really you know, making teams work defensively in a way that they're probably not used to against the other teams they face in the league. No question. No question. And then on top of that, now they're adding a whole other side of the court, which is defense. You know, um, this is something that Golden State is not, doesn't have a knack for. They normally just outshoot the hell out of you uh, playing one-on-one, you know, I mean, I mean uh, playing ball. But now they're actually having a whole side. And that's what you needed in order to go against these Giants as far as uh, the Boston Celtics because they're all about defense first. So you had to actually match that intensity and that energy and making sure that you can actually play defense and lock in and do the exact same thing they're doing and outscore them as well too. So all in all, I love the, I love the whole playoff uh, finals. It was neck and neck and, you know what I mean, it just, it just so happened that <laughs> these guys had a crazy bench which really helped them a lot and I felt that Boston was a little short on that and well winded because they had to play against Brooklyn Nets and beat them you know the Miami Heat and beat them you know which are yeah. huge contenders as well too and I think they just ran out of out of breath at the end facing another Giants as far as the Golden State Warriors yeah and you know we'll, we'll dive into free agency starting with the Warriors and the Celtics, just because we're talking about them right now, and we'll tie it back to the Clippers, of course. But it's interesting you just mentioned that because the Warriors, you know, granted, they do have a couple of young guys who are very talented who are probably going to take steps up. You know, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, you know, James Wiseman, of course, didn't even play this year. Uh, But they might need those guys next year because you're looking at free agency right now, and you mentioned that bench. 
Uh, you know, Gary Payton the second just signed with Portland. Otto Porter just signed yeah. with Toronto. Uh, you know, they're keeping Kevon Looney, but a couple of key guys that they're losing. And then you mentioned Boston, uh, you know, maybe being a little bit short on depth. You know, they're signing our old guy, Danilo Gallinari. They also just made a trade for Malcolm Brogdon where they didn't have to give up too much. So, uh, you know, the the jockeying for position and thinking about next year is already underway for those two teams. And, yeah, you know, kind of to your point, looks like on Boston's side, they're addressing some of those weaknesses. And Golden State looks like they'll need to kind of come up with some other pieces to fill in for a lot of those guys that, that helped off the bench in this past year. No, for sure. I think the facade of everybody is actually luring to is the Kevin Durant situation, what's <laughs> going on. But it's a lot of other small pieces that people are forgetting that you need, you know. And um, Boston is doing a hell of a job by secretly putting those pieces together early and making sure that this, this hiccup doesn't happen again. Yeah, and, and let's bring it to, to the Clippers um, while we get into this and into free agency. Um, you know, sure. they're obviously a team that their main issue right now is getting healthy, getting their stars back on the court. Um, you know, all good signs for, for Kawhi to be back next year. Paul George looking great as well. Um, but you look at kind of their needs going into the offseason, and it was really kind of keep the band together. You know, there's rumors of maybe they'll get into the sweepstakes for a third star and the whole Brooklyn situation. We can get to that. But um, they did re-sign Nick Batum, gave Zubats an extension, uh, Covington earlier, uh, before free agency, they gave him an extension. You know, Amir Coffey they brought back on a, on a modest three-year deal. So pretty much yep. e- everyone back in the fold, uh, except Isaiah Hartenstein, obviously very nice backup center who's going to go to New York. Um, so they'll have to find, you know, another backup five as their last roster spot. Uh, but in his place, really, that contract, uh, they gave that to John Wall, who, you know, we've talked so long, and that's kind of been a talking point for a lot of people a quick, yeah. dynamic ball handler who can get downhill, get to the rim, and drive and kick to other players, especially with all the shooters that the Clippers have. So your thoughts on the John Wall signing and, the, and then just kind of bringing back some of the other key pieces for the Clippers to begin this offseason? Man, I think it's scary. You know what I mean? John Wall is not scared to actually shoot that three ball, and I think we had a lot of point guards that were timid, and uh, it cost us you know, tremendously in trying to force a lot of things um, and, and getting Paul George in, in double-team situations, leaving him in the island by himself, trying to play one-on-one too much. To have a lightning-speed flash player like this that can actually go get a bucket, it speaks volumes of what they just did right now. You know what I mean? I love this whole pickup as far as what John Wall done um, and the organization that the Clippers has done. Um, you know, this guy's been injured last year, you know what I mean? And he had all year to recover. He didn't get no single action at all, you know what I mean, this year. So he's got fresh legs. He's ready to go. He has a whole new engine and a demeanor as far as what he wants to do. Um, Playing with, you know, his fellow AAU players, Paul George, as well as Kawhi Leonard, you know what I mean? These, These guys really know each other very well. And I'm pretty sure that they actually brought him over, letting him know that you got the keys to the city as far as the point guard role, and, you know what I mean, let's run it back. So I'm excited to see what this can bring. Uh, um, I think you can get over that hump, that, that clipper hump, um, and I'm optimistic right now as, I, as I, I say this. You can quote me on it for sure. Yeah, and and I think it's it's such a, a low-risk, high-reward type of move, where you get a guy who you're signing, you know, he had the buyout from Houston, you're giving him that that tax player mid-level, you know, about 
a little over six seven million dollars a year so not a huge contract for wall for two years uh, and then like you said uh, he's someone where he doesn't have to be the John Wall of old you know he still he can still provide so much but he doesn't have to be the number one guy he's one of you know exactly. 12 13 players that are going to get minutes on this team and he's someone who brings something different that the Clippers have maybe been lacking we know that they're so talented they're so good in so many areas but played at a generally very slow pace we know John Wall even at you know you know it seems like he should be 35 or 36 still just 31 years old you know he sat out all of last year like you said um, really just because Houston was rebuilding and didn't want to play him. So he's got maybe a little bit of fresh legs. But the last time he did play for Houston, you know, the last game he played was actually against the Clippers uh, at the end of the previous season. And he had 27 points and 13 assists. So he's still, you know, he's got he's got something in the tank. And even if it's 20 <laughs> minutes... That must have scared him. Like we don't want to play against him no more. Let's break him over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that. That's the old Doc Rivers move. Whenever, <laughs> whenever someone lit you up, be like, "Oh, let's sign that guy." But um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, even if he's only playing twenty minutes a game, even if he's coming off the bench, you know, we know, you know, whether it's Reggie Jackson or him who starts, I don't think it really matters. But uh, regardless, you have someone who can get downhill, change the pace. As we mentioned, we know how many shooters the Clippers have. You have this guy who can get inside, break down defenses, and then, you know, the Clippers' mantra is, is drive and kick and get to those open shooters. Just another guy who can really do that at a really high level, and you throw him in, as you said, with other stars. I, I think it's, uh, I think there's a lot of upside for that move, so I, I really love the move, and uh, again, it's, you know, a health-permitting type of thing, but when you're not asking him to play 30, 40 minutes a game, I think it's going to be really beneficial and a successful partnership for Wall and the Clippers. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I can. I, John Wall is a hooper. You know what I mean? He's plain and simple. He's a hooper, and it doesn't matter to him. It's about the money right now. He has his money set aside. That itch of not playing for so long, and knowing that you can play at that level, it, it will drive you crazy. I kid you not. I've been there. I've, I've understood that. Not at his level by no means, but I've been there where I just want to see my jersey. I want to hoop. I'm, I'm represented by a team, but they don't want to p- play me, and everybody else is counting me out as well, too. I'm in the media every day saying that I'm a bust. Man, that, that's going to that's gonna really irritate him and have so much firepower when he actually steps on that court, for sure. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen for the Clippers this year moving forward. Yeah, and right now, as we said, pretty much everyone back except Hartenstein, um, who was very, very good for the Clippers last year. Uh, you know, he kind of just priced himself out, honestly, with how well he did play to to get a little, a little bit bigger contract than the Clippers could afford. Um, so we'll see what they do in terms of that backup center role. But even before getting the backup five, you look at this roster, and it's about, as we said, 12, 13 players deep in terms of rotation-level guys. So, you know, that's, that's a very good problem for Ty Lue to have. But you think about the coaching decisions and we know sometimes some of these guys will sit and they'll be able to make it work but uh there's going to be a, a couple guys who might be you know odd man out when you look at this rotation and it should just be really interesting to see you know if there aren't additional trades what the rotation looks like and, and who are the kind of those odd guys out because just counting it out you said <laughs> reggie jackson paul george Kawhi leonard marcus morris zubats batum covington powell wall Canard, yeah, <laughs> you know, like coffee. You, you go down and it's Man. 
Yeah, Terrence Mann. Yeah, you don't want to leave anyone out, but it, it goes that deep where you almost forget about some of the guys in the rotation. So uh, it's a yeah. good problem to have, but that'll be maybe one of the, the problems for the Clippers is, uh, you know, who gets minutes and who doesn't uh, as you set up your rotation going forward. Not for sure. I think that that bug of, of getting injured um, can be something that you can actually pass it together with these guys. They're always going to be ready. I think this is something that a lot of teams would love to have with a problem like this on your bench, trying to pick any mini mighty mo who wants to play. You know what I mean? <laughs> All these guys should be <laughs> somewhere on a starting five team sometime. You know, uh, but yeah, the, the list goes on of these guys. You got Hood as well too. Like these guys are. They're, they're still young, you know what I mean? They're not old veterans that's just washed up and just sitting on the bench just cheering on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and hopefully we'll win a championship where I can retire. These guys are still young and eager, um, and it's going to be a hell of a show, you know what I mean? I think this is going to be something that um, the coaching staff is going to love to have. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere in practice for sure of competition. <laughs> and, um, you know... I think that's going to be something that uh, you're going to have longevity-wise as the 82-game season goes on where you're going to be actually having the chance to rest a lot of guys and play guys and get them ready for what's to come, too, in, uh, in the playoff situation. Yeah, and we know from very recent experience this entire past season where Ty Lue directed this team to, to a winning record at 42-40 and 40 with basically the bench guys that we just mentioned so if there is a game or two which i'm sure there will be where you know Kawhi leonard has to sit a back-to-back or paul george can't mm-hmm. play or john wallace to sit you know you still have other guys that are more than capable of competing against pretty much anyone because we just saw it all this past season with all of these guys uh being able to do it on a consistent basis exactly Exactly. Yeah, and I know before we were recording, we were talking a little bit, just kind of catching up and going through some of the NBA storylines. We know Draymond Green, of course, mentioned the Warriors before. Uh, Always talkative, always out in the media, the the new media, as he likes to call it, with his own podcast. But I know you were referencing that he was asked about the Clippers, and he was saying they're, they're a threat and a problem next year kind of already getting that respect from the champions as a real threat to them. So just your thoughts on uh, the Clippers as a, as a threat and a contender uh, and matching up against the Warriors and some of the other top contenders going into next year. No, for sure. Draymond, Draymond knows um, a, a beast when he sees one, for sure. He knows you know what's inside these guys. If they just here to play for money or they here to win a championship, and these guys are, are definitely here to win a championship. Paul George got hard, Kawhi, we, we know that left and right. And a lot of other these guys, for sure. Um, it's all about just getting healthy. I love the fact that he actually mentioned that. And um, he doesn't tell stories. He doesn't lie about what's out there. And it just really speaks volumes of what they have and people that has won. I see people. Him saying that, just winning a championship and mentioning that, the Clippers should look at that like, okay, we really have something. We just have to put this together. And I think that's the that's the scenario of it all right there. Yeah, and this is going to be a high-pressure year, of course, for the Clippers. We know that you know they put this team together. Um, obviously, injuries have played a big factor. We know that you know 2020, the pandemic, the bubble, you know, there were so many things that went into that. And obviously, the collapse they had that year, they bounced back. And yeah you know, make it to the conference finals, but Kawhi goes down, you know, maybe that's their year that they 
have a shot to win a title, but that injury plays a big role. And then, of course, last year, you know, missing their two stars for most of it. So when you look at their championship window, they should have a couple years, but you never really know. So this upcoming year, you know, you don't want to say championship or bust, but it kind of feels like this is a really important year to take advantage of this window. Because as we've seen with with other teams, which we'll get into soon, uh, things can change very quickly and fall apart very quickly. So uh, when that window is, is open and you have that opportunity, you really have to seize it. Uh, so like 2020, where there was a lot of talk Clippers should be a favorite, and they you know they didn't match those, ex- those expectations, this is kind of the, the redo of that with a better, deeper, more versatile version of that team. Um, this is kind of their chance to to live up to the, those expectations where they're going to be one of the, you know, two, three, four top favorites, you know, amongst pretty much everyone to be a team to win a championship. So a lot of pressure on them this year for, you know, taking advantage of, of that window and trying to, you know, finally break through and, and make it to the finals and win a championship. Heck yeah. Let's go. Man. I think that's going to be it. I think so. Yeah, and I want to also say something too to illustrate which 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 came to mind when you when you mentioned this. It was crazy because um, you know having this depth of a team, you know, we always have a tendency of starting early and letting the game come to us. And you know, we have you know Morris who struggles from you know the three point line a lot. You know, throwing time to time and all that's going to be dead. I think you know what I mean. It's going to be less windows for people. For players to actually get their their stuff together, S H I P, you know what I mean, yeah. together, because there's so many guys that's behind you that's ready to go, and that's going to bring some actual urgency that's what's needed and into the locker room, you know what I mean? Because guys are going to see like, damn, you shouldn't be playing, like you shoot 15 shots and you're not even making one, like all right, coach is going to have to make adjustments faster than just waiting for that person to actually catch up to the team, you know. So that's why I like the situation that's going on with the Clippers, and it can be something very vital um, moving forward. Yeah, and we know a lot of these guys, you know, there's great team chemistry, so these guys like each other, but so you're going to have, like I said, that competition, but it's going to be healthy competition where, you know, the guys still root for each other, but as you said, it might be good to have, a little bit of pressure on your heels to be like, if I need to play well. If not, then yeah. then I know someone's coming in who can. So, um, you know, I think that all that, as I said, it breeds kind of healthy competition and and just camaraderie with the team. Where knowing that uh, you got to perform to stay on the court, basically. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. Um, so so much to look forward to for for the Clippers this season, and obviously as we said, the off season uh, is still very fresh and ongoing. Um, something that has been kind of the lead story of, of the league in the offseason is the Brooklyn Nets. And, and, of course, Kevin Durant requesting a trade, all the drama with Kyrie Irving. He eventually opted in, but also still still might want to trade in one out. Uh, we know James Harden, of course, got traded a couple months ago. Just what are your thoughts on this Brooklyn situation? You know, It shows how fast things can change in the league because this was a team that a lot of people said were a sure bet to, to win a championship. And a mere oh, couple months later, it all might be blown up. They all might be gone. And uh, just a, pretty unbelievable to think about it in those terms. But but just your thoughts on, on Durant asking out, the Nets in general, and what's going on in Brooklyn to, to have this thing potentially break up like this. Man, it's crazy. It is. It's, a, it's an odd situation going on over there. I don't know if it's... It's something in the air 
<laughs> or what, but <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. But uh, for sure, uh, these guys are just winging it. They're not really together as a team, as a unit, and um, they. It, it's just it's just silly to me how how things have changed right now, where you have a caliber of players as far as elite players that want to jump the bandwagon and go play with other elite players. It should be vice versa where these elite players that they have would have that, that pool for other people to play for, play with them. You know what I mean? You got Simmons coming over. Um, you, you had Harden as well. You, you had so many monster all-stars in one setting and then all of a sudden I don't know what happened to them. It feels like their powers have been taken and they're scared to play basketball together. It's crazy to me. It really is. And now, all of a sudden, you got your your superstar, elite superstar, going into the office with the owner talking about he wants to be traded because whatever reason it is, he doesn't want to just be left probably with Kyrie Irving, who is thinking the world is flat right now. You know, and it's just sad to me how, how the Brooklyn Nets have been a high-caliber team that everybody's been wanting to see and been praised on, and then all of a sudden, it just disappears like this. You know what I mean? Like, this is something that's never happened before in basketball. So, that's a lot to talk about for sure. I can go on and on, but man, just like, <laughs> I just sit back and just like, really like, wow, this is crazy. I've never seen a, a, a player like KD just move around like this and want to jump, you know, ship and just go to other teams that already contenders that really probably don't need you, probably need a another key piece as far as a bench but you want to play for them because you feel that you know what I mean you don't want to be left out of something or you want to just get a championship a little bit easier than what it is and back in the day how hard it was to actually win on your own yeah it's 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 bizarre it, and you look at the Brooklyn thing with you know maybe you know obviously he's very very close with Kyrie Irving their best friends and you know they made the decision to come over and play together Maybe somewhere in these negotiations where Brooklyn seemingly, you know, dug their heels in the sand and, you know, didn't want to offer Kyrie, you know, a fully guaranteed extended deal years and years down the line, which is hard to blame them for. You know, maybe maybe that offended Kyrie. Maybe Kevin Durant has his back in that way and then they're just out because of that. But uh, as I said, it is bizarre because you look at this Brooklyn team, even if they just ran it back as of now. On paper, they should still be one of the best teams in the league. So the the reasoning for asking for a trade still seems a little suspect, or there's something more to it. And obviously, we don't know what's going yeah. on behind the scenes. But you look at on paper, you know, the Nets get Joe Harris back. You've got, of course, KD. You have Kyrie. You have Ben Simmons, who, you know, for all of his faults, should be able to be a productive player and help that team. You still have Claxton and Patty Mills and, and all of those guys. Uh, that should still be a very good team. And, you know, they had KD and Kyrie on the court this past playoffs, and they got swept. And, you know, you know as you said, there really shouldn't be anywhere to, to try to go elsewhere. You have enough talent. You just have to do it on the floor. And, you know, exactly. they might have done it the year before uh, when Kyrie got injured. They were rolling. Uh, we know Duran obviously was otherworldly. You know, they probably would have beaten the Bucks and probably would have won the championship with Harden uh, Kyrie and Durant uh, without those injuries but they happened and then 
as we said, just the spiral of this past year where, of course, the whole Kyrie saga, that seemed like it annoyed Harden. Then Harden kind of checked out. Then he asked out and got traded. Uh, and it's just yeah. been ongoing since then. But um, pretty unbelievable when you think of, even if you go back to that series against Milwaukee when they were healthy, where they looked unbeatable and were a guaranteed champion. And just a mere year later, uh, it might be the biggest failure in NBA history that these guys are going to be gone and separated with just one playoff series win in three years with this group. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you said is true. Uh, there's got to be something else more to it for sure that we're not getting. But at the same time, that's the same thing happened in Golden State. You know what I mean? Where something happened where, I don't know, a conversation or whatever was going on, Draymond Green probably, I mean, brought him to the podcast and pretty much broke it down. But there was still more to it than what was said. And it seemed like it's the same thing going on in every situation. And I think um, it comes a time where you just got to actually just look at yourself in the mirror like, man, let me just get back to just hooping and, and locking into it what I need to do and that's win a championship because I had that taste already you know and, and figuring that out and it's not going to be something where you just go to a team and you just win everywhere you go like it's you got to go through the bumps and grinds each team has been through it that has won a championship you know so yeah I and think that's something that you got to consider of course I know it's a delicate balance too if you're the Nets front office where you know KD as you said is one of the highest profile players in the league and you know, if you trade him to a place he doesn't want to be traded or he feels slighted, then maybe that hurts you in the future with other free agents. But it's, it's, it's hard for to think of it from the Nets perspective where, you know, where Katie has these lists of, oh, he prefers to be traded to the teams with the two best records in the league. You know, if you're the Nets, unless you're getting an amazing return, you know, Katie's under contract for four years. So you don't, you could either you know, tell him you're under contract, come back and play and we'll figure it out. Or, you know, as you said, there might be some risk in it, but trade him wherever. If that, you know, if you get the best offer from, you know, Sacramento or something, uh, you know, KD might not have a choice in in where he goes in, in that because he's under contract. Now, you know, we've seen with other superstars, that's usually not how it works. He'll probably end up getting traded to a place that he likely wants to go, but it's an interesting back and forth with with a player under contract for four years of that caliber uh, in the Nets, you know, make, wanting to make sure they get a great return in, in, in a trade back, uh, just how this will play out in terms of do they send him where he wants to go? Do they hold on to him? Do they trade him somewhere else? Uh, there's just so many subplots to it. It's just, as we said, it's a crazy story, and I'm sure it's going to be the story of the offseason for, for the Nets and pretty much the entire NBA. Not for sure. Everybody and everybody has been tweeting left and right um, about the situation. You got guys posting their picture with, you know, the rent with the jersey on, and it's and it's crazy memes that's popping in left and right. But I mean, um, it's part of the nature. I mean, it happened even when, you know, social media didn't take over that much as far as when LeBron did it. But it was it was a circus for sure. We back into this pot of, you know, the theatrics right now. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll just, see. <laughs> no, it's 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 gonna be wild. Um, we know that, you know, the Clippers just because of the, their profile and how good they're gonna be. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. their their name gets floated in terms of anytime another star is available. 
We know that obviously the Clippers already have a couple point guards. We mentioned John Wall, mentioned Reggie Jackson. You know, it doesn't seem like they have a ton of interest, but they always seem to be floated when when Kyrie Irving's name comes up. Um, we know the kind of baggage that he has in in obviously the talent that he has as well. But you know, if there is a deal there for Kyrie that you know, basically, how much would you think the Clippers should give up in that type of thing, or would you even go near that at all? What are your thoughts on a potential? Kyrie fit if that was something that were presented to the Clippers. Man, I think if I was the GM, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even stay. I stay near that toxic water. You know what I mean? Um, I trust the process as far as the guys that we have. Um, it just goes to show as far as what is inside that locker room. It speaks volumes of what what you need to um, to sacrifice in any game or any sports. You got to be able to sacrifice on and off the court and I think he's a he's a loner in itself and he hasn't shown that he's able to make those sacrifices um, for the greater good of the team and I'm not talking about anything about the COVID situation I think that's a man's point of view what he had to do and what he believed in you know and uh, but for everything else I think it's, it's a lot of selfish traits that Kyrie has had and it's gotta it's gotta be some type of form of a lot of red flags that's that's Floating around, you know, what I mean, the GM standpoint and the ownership standpoint. Do you want that type of energy into your locker room? Is he going to be a hothead, or, or are you going to be timid to actually tell him when he's doing something wrong, when he's effing up, and he's going to be able to take that constructive criticism and change it around, or he's going to go to his shell like he normally does and just, you know, go to Instagram or social media and you know hit subliminal messages left and right and sabotage the whole platform as what your guys are building because it's going to be a legacy that the Clippers are building and I, I really believe that you know and um, they got the key pieces that it's needed and to get rid of a lot of those guys that have brought into a system that fits for them um, it's going to be hard to actually give that up and put another piece like Kyrie um, who's an exceptional, well basketball player? I'm not talking about what he brings on the basketball court. I'm just talking about outside, and also too outside. You know, we're dealing with LA. LA is a weird situation. You got to be a different person to manage that, as well as you know, you know the the lime life, I should say, and, and, and not be so caught up in the movie situations of what's going on and all that thing so I think he'll get trapped in that that bubble as well too and a lot of other things outside of basketball so this is a lot this is my my rebuttal just thinking outside the box yeah no it's 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 certainly a valid you know thought process and point and I'm sure one of the Clippers have have felt and seemingly that's kind of been uh, what's been echoed in terms of how they're feeling about the situation Um, you know unless the price is low enough in terms of you know what you're giving up in a return uh, it's probably not worth it for the clippers just because of how much talent they do have and uh you know the versatility of the roster that they have you know maybe if it's a trade where you're only having to give up and granted these are good good players who have bought in and have been very successful for the clippers too but you know if it's something like marcus morris and luke Kennard, and that's all you have to give up and you get to keep you know norman powell and covington and all those other guys Maybe it's something you do, but if you're breaking up kind of the biggest strength of the team, which is the two-way versatility, where you have, as we said, all these guys, Kawhi, Paul George, 
Batum, Covington, Norman Powell, guys that really do it exceptionally on both ends of the of the basketball court. Um, you know, it, it's hard to justify breaking that up completely. But on the other end, uh, you know that the production Kyrie does have when he is playing, and if he is your third option behind two other superstars, and that's an incredible punch to, to carry as well. So, you know, you can, you can see both sides to it, but as you said, with a, with a locker room that has so much cohesion, it's tough to really want to break that up for someone who has, you know, left a couple of organizations, you know, up in flames as he's, as he's gone out the door. Uh, so. <laughs> he's still smoking, man. <laughs> yeah. The, the Brooklyn house is still uh, smoking, as you said, but, but maybe, you know, he did his lone championship where he was a huge part. He was coached by Ty Lue. So, uh, who knows if, if Ty Lue is the one guy who can keep that thing together with all those personalities. But uh, as you said, I, I, don't, I don't think it's something that's expected, but that is, you know, has been floated out there before. So just something to maybe mm-hmm. keep an eye on for the Clippers as this offseason continues. No, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, so much going on in, in the NBA. So many free agents still signing. So, Alex, we're going to continue to report on this as we go forward. But um, we're going to wrap this thing up here. Uh, obviously, a, a good start to the offseason for the Clippers. So much fun yeah. going on around the league. And, and we'll see where all these storylines kind of lead us in the next couple of weeks of, of where these big names end up and and how it, it affects the Clippers and just the whole landscape of the NBA. No, it's good. It's good. we got a lot to talk about. All right. So we will have much more to talk about when we join you next week. So thank you for tuning in on this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Go follow, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Uh, Alex, we'll check in again next week. Uh, and thank all yes, of you sir. for listening on the Believe Podcast Network. Go Clips. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.